This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. As artificial intelligence continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation that we can't ignore, AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. With over 750 specialized hackers in their community, HackerOne isn't just theorizing, they're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large organization, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI safety security. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI safety security. This episode is brought to you by Gigantic. At Gigantic, you can level up your product skills through live, small group, cohort-based trainings. We're incredibly excited to welcome you to our next cohort of our product strategy training kicking off in January of 2024. This course will take you through the frameworks that product leaders use at companies like eBay, DoorDash, Groupon, Rent the Runway in order to scale their teams. It's taught by Ben Foster, a friend of this podcast, who is the former chief product officer at Whoop. So come join us. Go to gigantic.is. That's gigantic.is. And save your seat for our January cohort. Your potential is gigantic, and we're here to help you reach it. Go to gigantic.is to reserve your seat today. Hey, Michael, how's it going? Uh, Michael? Oh, shoot. Right, Michael is traveling, and it's just me today. This is kind of awkward. Actually, you know what? It's totally not awkward. Working remote, I am talking to myself all the time throughout the day, and really, I'm not alone. I have all you listeners with me, right? And today's interview that we're going to be releasing, it's totally an informative one. I mean, I'll be sharing more about a conversation that I had a while back with Scott Harper, CEO of Dialexa, a technology strategy firm that's worked with so many companies like Uber, Amazon, and lots of others. We dig into how larger organizations often find themselves needing to transform their legacy systems that might be holding them down, which if you've ever been a part of an organization that's faced this issue, it can absolutely be crippling to the product organization. 
So yes, it is just me today with parts of my conversation with Scott, but it was a good conversation and I do think it's worth sticking around. Plus, if you leave, I'll be lonely, so please don't go anywhere. Welcome to Rocketship.fm. Rocketship FM is produced in partnership with Product Collective. We are your hosts, Michael Saka and Mike Belsito. This conversation that I had with Scott Harper, it actually happened a while back, almost a year ago. We recorded it for Product Collective's previous podcast, Build, Launch, Scale, which we had before we made Rocketship our official podcast to support and be a part of. So sorry it took so long to release this, Scott. But if you're a startup, you might be shocked to know that not all organizations were built from scratch with the most modern of technologies, that for some companies, it might just be simply impossible to just plug in the latest web app or API into your infrastructure. For some longstanding companies, especially larger enterprises, they are living with something that many product people and technology professionals would be considered a dirty phrase, legacy systems. Scott's seen companies who have lived through legacy systems all too much. In fact, he's helped many of them transform their technology organizations to be better equipped for the modern world through his company, Dialexa. But for these companies that find themselves living with these legacy systems, drowning in massive heaps of technical debt, he's seen a sort of common process that they go through internally. Here's Scott with more on that. I think that there's awareness, acceptance, and action. You know, the first step is awareness. And I think that most companies are aware of this. If they're not, they're, I'm surprised that they're still in business. Um, You know, acceptance, you know, comes next. And that's the point where people say, well, we've got, you know, we want to build new things. And usually the, the time where I see that manifesting itself is the business now, whether it's marketing or the rest of the business, you know, asking for new technology from IT um, and in IT not being able to deliver on that because, you know, one thing you'll hear time and time again from people is, oh, well, that's just not that easy to do that here. And, and they're right. It's not easy to do that there. And, and the reason is that when you have these legacy systems in place, it's not like a startup building a greenfield app and, you know, it's just, hey, yeah, let's set up a database. Let's, you know, let's let it live on AWS and let's write the code and let's throw it up there, right? So all the, you know, if you look at it, it's most basic form. It is difficult to build new things in an enterprise with the way that most of their uh, current states exist right now. So, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't know that I recall a company that, you know, a large company that wasn't facing challenges from this. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. So when companies find themselves in this place, what do you do? Like literally, what do you actually do to get yourself out of it? Because let's face it, like Scott said, most of the time that organizations are living with legacy systems that might be keeping them down, they're aware of it. It's not like they don't feel it every single day, but in order to improve as a business, in order to really innovate, you have to get out. But how? Well, like most things, Scott believes it comes down to leadership. 
at least a start. And in one form or another, it will boil down to a leadership challenge and whether or not they can do this or not. Now, when I say that, I don't necessarily just mean the CIO or the CTO or whoever, the chief digital officer, whoever has been tasked with this, but you know, the, the ones that make it, there's a couple of, you know, common factors within there and, you know, what I've seen. And, um, you know, one is getting buy-in, you know, like I talk about, okay, so you, you, the awareness, the acceptance, and then action, right? So you need to get awareness, not just from the CIO or the decision, we'll just say it's the CIO for, to make the conversation easy here. Um, you know, it's usually you get awareness there. You need the awareness from the rest of the management team across the board. Because when you talk about replacing legacy systems, you know, you have to understand this is a, not just an IT problem. This is an enterprise-wide undertaking. If you're going to try to correct this issue, you know, and, and if you look back as well on how you got there, it's not because you had stupid people around or people who didn't know what they were doing. You know, most of these companies, in, in one way or another, are a victim of their own success, right? They have uh, stood the test of time. They've been in business for a long time. And, you know, the state of technology, you know, decades ago when they first started implementing it is much different than it is today. And when you make one decision, you know, one good decision at a time, it ultimately can lead to a bad outcome because, you know, you're building on top of what you already have in place. And so, you know, I think getting the entire management team and organization to understand there's an issue and what we're what we're looking at tackling here, uh, accepting that that's that we have to do this to move forward and for our business to continue to be a great business because you know we're talking about enterprise here um, so they have to say that yes we need to do something about it and what's my role in that how can i contribute and how can i support that uh, and then taking action and then taking that action is is really painful in many ways because there are, you know, budget sacrifices are going to have to be made. Uh, it's a big bet, right? Because large transformations don't happen overnight. You can't, let's say that it's a hundred projects that need to be executed in order to, um, uh, in order to make this transformation happen. You know, you can't cherry pick one or two here or there and say, well, let's see how that impacts the business because this is kind of a an enterprise-wide, this is a big picture thing. It's not a project-based thing. It's a, it's a series of those. There's a lot of pieces to this. So you can't put one or two pieces, you know, on a car and say, let's see if it runs now. It's like, no, you need it to replace these hundred. It's not gonna run until you do the whole thing. So, you know, I think that you have to align expectations. You have to get buy-in, and I mean true buy-in uh, and support. And then the other thing is is willing to to get help because you know egos a lot of times will get in the way of that. Um, you know that people think, well, hey, I, I don't need to I don't need help from anyone. I can do this myself. And a transformation project is not your normal day to day operations. And you know I would venture to say that if you've not done successful transformations before, and, and many of those you're unlikely to just take a shot at it and get it right. You know, you need to definitely get in, you know, get people to help you that know how to do it. So, um, you know, I'd say it's a series of things. So again, just to recap there on the ones that do it well, they have 
they're aware of the problem, they've accepted it, and they're, they're trying to take action by putting a plan together. They have support from their, their peers in the C-suite and leadership teams, uh, and true support, buy into the whole program, uh, and then getting the right people on it, whether that's internal or external. A lot of times it's a combination of both, um, and a lot of times uh, changes need to be made. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Now, back to the show. For some organizations, though, these legacy systems that are in place, they stay in place. They don't change. The transformation to modern systems that companies may need, they just don't happen. But why is that? Well, Scott has some ideas as to why. One of the things that's really easy to do is to throw darts at, at inaction and look at the current state of things. And, you know, it's really not fair. People love to, you know, uh, armchair quarterback things and, and look at it and say, oh, just why is it like that? You need to change it. Well, you know, again, as we get back to that, that leadership, you know, thing and alignment of the business, a lot of, a lot of um, IT owners, CIOs, they don't, they don't have that buy-in. And so when you're asking them to make this transformation, you know, they don't have buy-in from the rest of their, their executives or business or their board, because those people, a lot of times have shareholders to report to investors. They're saying that I need new product or I need X, Y, and Z, or I need you to stay within budget. I can't give you the budget for a whole transformation. The risk of trying to execute something without buy-in, I mean, one, you're not likely to have the proper resources to do it, so it's likely to fail. You may be doing that at the peril of shareholders. I think those are the risk of, of doing it. And of course, if you don't have the right game plan or strategy or team, you're likely to be unsuccessful. Um, you know, and these things are complex, so it's not it's not just a matter of saying do it or, or don't, right? It's not a magic trick. You don't just decide to do it and voila, it's done. You know, so those are the things that are you need to keep in mind, I think, as, as you're approaching transformation and what the risk or how things could go wrong. Um, and then uh, the risk of not doing it. I mean, ultimately, I mean, your business is going to fail because of that. You know, I know that sounds harsh or even maybe extreme, but depending on the business you're in, you're likely facing pressure from competitive pressure from somebody, whether it's a traditional competitor, whether it's a, you know, competitor like an Amazon, it's maybe a non-traditional competitor. Uh, it could be a startup, you know? So, I mean, there's a lot of different ways where I think that if you don't do something and you're not able to be agile and move quickly or to try new things, if you rest on your laurels, I mean, you're, you're likely to not be around for very long. So going back to something that Scott said before about the processes that a company goes through and they realize they have these legacy systems that need to go, even if there is awareness of the problem, even if there is support throughout the organization, the buy-ins there, the right people are on the team, or at least it's possible to get the right people on the team. Maybe they need some help from others, but it can happen. What's next? A transformation like this it won't be cheap. It's not going to be easy. It's likely to take a long time, maybe even years. So what do you do? Do you put every single technology-oriented resource on the issue until you reach the finish line? And what does it mean for your product roadmap? Does everything go on hold? Well, according to Scott, it doesn't have to, although it is true that the process really won't be easy. Transformation executed successfully at enterprise scale is 
I mean, I, I can't think of an instance where it wouldn't be a multi-year project, um, you know, or process. So, you know, it's not it's not reasonable to ask the business to say, look, you know, we're going to put everything on hold for the next two, three, four, five years while we execute this transformation because it has to be done. And you're just going to have to deal with it. Well, I mean, that that's not a good way to stay relevant in the market, right? Um, so you have to, you know, you have to balance these two things. And at the same time, just building a project or a new product on top of a crumbling infrastructure, um, you know, you, you could be making the problem even worse, right? So let's think of a data challenge where you're building something new and you need um, five pieces of data, let's say, and they're from different business units and. Uh, different product or IT owners and you have different uh, ways of integration and security concerns and so you start hardwiring things in because it's not a microservices architecture it's not service oriented um, you know you can't just integrate with those it's not like tapping into an API and all of a sudden now you've added to the complexity so you've just made it worse and and not to mention that your product roadmap you know I look at transformation of legacy systems a lot of times as innovation enablement because one of the things that you know we see a lot is companies saying well we've got lots of great ideas that's not the problem it's just implementing them is really challenging and it takes forever right you know we pass this over to IT and man it took them years to do it and you look at IT and they're probably got way too much on their plates maybe they haven't been given you know, proper budget or, or resourcing to actually execute a transformation. Lack of budget, lack of resources. It sounds like we're starting to get into common mistakes that companies can make when they do transform their legacy systems. After all, if a major technology transformation at the enterprise level is understaffed or underfinanced, it's probably not going to end up being successful. But what are some of those other common traps? Where do companies often fall short when they're faced with this challenge? I asked Scott this very question. Where you miss something big is a lack of planning, um, you know, having a clear strategy for the entire transformation. I think the big way that things get overlooked is when you try to say, well, you know, I know there's a lot of things we're going to need to do and we don't know what all those are. Let's just be really agile about this and start, you know, which agile development is fantastic from building software and, and products. We're, uh, you know, big proponents of, of agile methodologies. But when you're talking about a transformation, these things have to be meticulously planned. And, you know, when you, when you just kind of take it as an ad hoc, you know, project and try to be you know, translate, you know, these agile methodologies to an entire enterprise-wide transformation, you know, you're, you're likely to miss big pieces and, and be running around with your hair on fire because, you know, you just, you didn't think it through how all this stuff's going to play out. Um, you know, there's, it, it's really complicated because when you're executing something like this, the rest of the business doesn't stop for you. You know, you're expected to continue to deliver for the, the normal business and generate revenue and, uh, provide value to your customers at the same time like you know so you're renovating the house while you're living in it you know so I mean you have to think through all these things or else you know you're you're likely to encounter major challenges and the other thing is having a risk management strategy uh, and contingency plans in place um, there are other things where you know not getting the business aligned could cause you to to miss big things so if you don't have 
stakeholder participation. Uh, that's that's a real key place where things can get missed because you just don't have all the necessary information um, and you don't have their involvement. So they may see things differently than you do. And then and then having the right people in place again. You know, if you don't have people that are experienced in transformation, it's like anything. The first time that you do it, no matter how talented or experienced you are at other things. You know, you're you're likely to you know make some mistakes that could have been avoided. Those are the areas that I'd say you know where big things are missed is just kind of ad hoc approach, um, not having a clear strategy and plan. In addition to that, a key element of having the right strategy and plan is sequencing the things that need to be done. Right, so everything is a project is just a series of tasks. No matter how big or small uh, a project is, ultimately it boils down to that. And you know, if you don't have a right, the right sequencing and order in that, you're also really likely to incur a lot of challenges. So, if you're in the startup world, this conversation that I had with Scott, well, it might not be so relevant now. But what happens when your startup is acquired by that big behemoth of a company, and you realize all those sweet features you had lined up on your product roadmap, well, they're not possible anymore. Well, maybe you'll remember this conversation that we had with Scott and you could help your new overlords figure out a plan, whether you're working remote from your beachside villa or if you are at the office. Or maybe you are a product person at one of these big organizations and you are trying to work through that massive technical debt right now. Well, maybe now that you could be a voice of reason within the organization. Anyway, regardless, thanks for keeping me company this week. And I sure hope Michael is back next week. Thank you so much for listening to Rocketship.fm. It's your support that keeps the show going. Rocketship.fm is now part of the Podglomerate Network. If you want to learn more about the other shows on the Podglomerate Network, go to thepodglomerate.com. Rocketship.fm is produced in partnership with Product Collective, a community for product people. If you go to productcollective.com, you could check out live video interviews, sign up for our newsletter, be a part of our Slack group with over 6,000 product people. Just check it out at productcollective.com.